Get in the cart. Right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four, a Mistwood Golf Club podcast. And it is the Party of Four podcast, month 47 of 2020, it feels like. <laughs> but it is December. We made it. Ben Hutchison alongside Andy Michelson and our very special guest today, General Manager of Mistwood, Dan Bradley. Good to have you in the chair. Excited to be here. Very excited. Your parents excited? They'll be able my to ma- listen? My mom, <laughs> if she knew how to listen to a podcast, would be thrilled. She'd be <laughs> She'd be emailing or writing, maybe writing a letter to my aunts and uncles, telling I them all totally about this. I can totally see your mom like <laughs> Dolores. Dolores would love it. She would, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not the I'm not the real story. The real story is your your next guest. We do have a big guest later on in the episode. We're going to talk to Chip Brewer, president and CEO of Callaway Golf. Obviously, been a crazy year for them and golf in general, but he's always been uh, a good friend of the program. And uh, Andy, I know you were texting him to kind of line this up and uh we're thrilled that's a that's a big flex to talk about texting but yeah we're we are thrilled to have him on the show uh just to go through top tracer top golf callaway how those all work together and just furthering that partnership we're so excited about and that's something because we have it at the dome for people that don't know we have a brand new dome with top tracer shiny and spectacular right we're very excited this is the I guess the culmination of a long process. We, we started talking about replacing our dome oh, probably two or three years ago. The conversation started. I mean, the original dome was, was it built in 2003 or 2004? So three. Yeah, I think it yeah. went open three and then they opened in four. Right. We, we didn't own it then. Um, but, I mean, almost almost 20 years old, which is, which is about the lifespan back then or was the, the expected lifespan. Didn't feel like it for us. It was, it was falling apart. So, um you know, we started this conversation a couple of years ago, and uh, Jim was involved. I mean, Jim Jim wanted a new dome, didn't really want to pay for a new dome, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to pay for an inflatable building. Um, but after the last couple of years, you know, we had some holes in there each of the last seasons, and we had to get up on that up on that big lift a couple of times. Uh, each of you know, in the middle of the winter, you know, eighty feet up, and trying to make repairs to that thing, and. Nobody, nobody really likes going up there. Well, Abel doesn't mind, but I think I've I'm, I've been up there for the last time. That's for sure. Um, but we said enough is enough. I mean, you know, and, and Jim didn't want to. Jim didn't want to put ourselves in a situation where we had people in there and we're getting busier at the dome and something potentially dangerous could happen. So we started talking to dome companies oh, a couple of years ago, maybe, and um, it's been a it's been a project. That's for sure. Yeah, that's the one comment I get is that the dome looks different on the inside it's not only it's new but they're they talk about the shape so it's important to note that we actually used a different dome company this time than the original dome company and it kind of does add some um more dimension to it in, in some way and in the, in the color of the back wall being different and just the way that it was structured makes it actually makes the dome look bigger it looks like a, a bigger hitting space so it, it does look a lot more generous to the golfer when they're when they're hitting a ball out and out into uh, free space yeah, for whatever reason, and maybe it's a combination of those three things. I mean, it's a, it's a different shape. It's the same foundation, right? The same foundation. So the the size is the same. We know that, but the the way that it, I don't know. It's almost like a hanger. It's more of a like yeah. an airport hanger style rather than a rounded bubble. Um, and that whatever for whatever reason that gives it more more depth or, or I don't know some space somewhere. And then the blue wall in the back, right? So that that blue background we changed. 
and it looks great. And, and maybe it's because the color comes out a little bit more. I don't know, but it gives it gives it that depth. It looks spectacular. And it was a process this summer. We watched it step by step, and it was completely bare bones, which people were thinking, oh, my gosh, are they closed forever? What happened? <laughs> right. Where's the dome? Because you drive by Route 53, and you expect to see that dome off to the right. So I know we had a lot of calls and text messages and people asking about it. Yeah, plenty of the panic attack uh, <laughs> emails. But, no, it was always, you know, everything's good. This is part of the process. We're, you know, putting in a new dome. We're improving everything. And, um, no, I'm really satisfied the way the, the project's turned out. Uh, it seems just like a – it's like that smell of a new car when you walk in. It's just a – it's a beautiful space. It's It smells nice. It feels nice. The temperature is nice and controlled. You know, we did some improvements on the, on the skin. It's like a triple-layer skin with – insulation and everything else. I mean, it's a very, very comfortable environment, even even better than it was in the past. Yeah, that was the one thing that we could never control. We could never get a handle on the heat in that old dome. And, it, it, I mean, we, we, we purchased it, right? So yeah. it was the way it was designed. And um, when we took it over in 2012, that was the first thing that we did was fix the, the heating system. And I guess the, the previous owners had never done that. And it was, I mean, it was like 30s and 40s in there, I think, in the winter before we, we took over. But then we fixed it and got it up into the 50s and 60s, and it was a, it was a big difference. But now, holy macro! I mean, the the insulation, the 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 double membrane plus the insulation that's the three layers and makes a huge difference so far. And we're pretty excited to to test this thing out. So during the summer, it was pretty well documented. We had an act of vandalism, and people broke into the dome. Uh, what ended up happening with that, and what took place? It was a hectic summer, right? It was a hectic summer with, with the dome. So we, we took the dome down to start the process to, to put the new one up, right? First step, take the old one down. Well, when we did that, uh, just it, it kind of was the first domino, and it started this whole spiral of, of, of problems and things. Uh, one of them was this, this vandalism that we had, um, you know, just with, with the dome being down, and I don't know if it made the property look more inviting to two people. <laughs> I think it was just two people. It's not like we had problems every day out there. Um, but we did have a little break in there and, um, rocks meet windows, things like that. Yeah. We, we had, we did have some kids there, yeah. uh, having some, f- a little too much fun at our expense. Um, but then, yeah, we had, we had a little break in and, you know, nobody likes to have their, their property broken into. And we thankfully were, were able to, to find them and catch them. And the authorities took care of that. And that was great. Um, one of the other, I guess the other, I don't know if it was a problem or a blessing that we had was when the dome was down, so everything was exposed, right? So we had this 60,000 foot sp- or square foot space. All that turf that was inside is now outside for a couple months. And we actually got to see how it reacted to some rain. You know, I know it didn't rain much this summer. Uh, every golfer is aware and thankful that it didn't rain. We, we had a perfect year for golf. But there, there were a couple of storms and we saw... Um, that we had some drainage problems, <laughs> you know, not that it ever rains inside a dome. Yeah, we always suspected it just because of the, you know, the dome in the past kind of had some some low spots, but then when you actually see it, you know, we were able to make some improvements. Right. In the old dome, we had so much condensation build up, and, and you know, that, that turf did take a little bit of moisture. Um, so to make a long story short, we ended up actually replacing all the turf as well. So, I mean, the, the end result here is a brand-new dome, brand-new turf, it really is a completely new feeling property. It's, it's spectacular walking bright, in. Bright, shiny car. Yeah, it's, it's really bright when you walk in. The top tracer, you know, that we, we've continued to partner with, uh, the reeds have been 
been perfect on, on Top Tracer. Everyone's thrilled with it. Um, you know, we've got a lot new, a lot new gameplay involved with with Top Tracer as well. So it's like it's this whole brand new reopening. It feels like 2018 all over again. And to go with that. Shameless plug, but not so much because marketing is my job. McQuethy Sports Bar is there. And if you want the best wings around, which we don't have to even compete with anyone because they are delicious, uh, that's there. And uh, you have McQuethy Sports Bar. You have the wings. You have new family meals that we've put out there. So get everything in bulk, feed the family, and there's your in-podcast commercial. Yeah, I think that outside of golf, that's what people are most thankful for is, is the wings are back, right? We might, have, we, we might have had as many questions about wings this summer as we did about the golf dome, honestly. There were people upset that the sports bar was closed and they couldn't get their wings, but you bring them back and, you know, the smiles just return. So we've been talking about the dome and we had all the excitement. Then we found out, or we didn't really know, how many people could go in the dome. How could we even operate? Is it possible? Is it legal? And uh, we got some of those answers. And where did it leave us? Yeah, I mean, right now we're at, at 25% capacity, um, which is, it's good. It's good at least that, that we're open and we're able to, to operate very safely uh, in that environment. Um, you know, we have two people uh, per space. We have plexiglass in between all of our downstairs bays. We're, we're um, keeping everybody safe and, and spaced out. Um, but it was, it's definitely a process to even to even get to that point. We were a bit worried when indoor recreation um first came down is is not being allowed uh, during this current tier but um some things worked out to where we were classified as as more or less a fitness center um and so the 25 percent we're still able to operate ideally obviously we, we'd love to get back to our original normal which was a, a a busy happy fun dome with a lot of cheering yelling going on at different times eating drinking or, yeah a big fun environment but you know, we're, we're happy for what we have right now, and, and we're, we're taking all the necessary precautions to make sure everyone's safe. And, and the one thing that, that I'd like to point out there, too, is um, the dome is an extremely safe environment for air circulation, right? We have constant air moving in, fresh air from the outside, and we have constant air, which is air that's from the dome, moving out. That's how a dome actually stays inflated. So we're probably the safest indoor space you could possibly be in, in in this environment and we did joke that we have the restaurant there and we built the biggest indoor dining tent uh, <laughs> around sixty thousand square foot so if we needed that it's there i think the the biggest thing was the roller coaster ride that we experienced leading leading up to the opening right we're, we're finishing construction um which was an absolute nightmare for whatever reason i mean i know the exact reason um but for for whatever reason the i think the stress of that I'll call it a small project because there's only three trades involved. Um, but the stress of that project was more than building the entire clubhouse at Mistwood. For whatever reason, it was insane. I mean, how many times did we change the base structure on paper? Right. Before we opened, just thinking, like, could we do this? Could we do that? Right. You know, it, there's, a, there's a lot of stressful changes that you don't even see behind the scenes before we open. You know, one of the bigger problems was, was getting it cleaned. I mean, we, we were in such a, not a rush to get open, but we wanted to get open, right? There was such a demand for golf this year, and, and the golf course was still was still busy, right? I mean, go, outdoor golf, the weather was fantastic. I mean, everybody knows this. Weather even, now. Was fan, even now, it's still it's still good. And, um, you know, we wanted almost a, a seamless transition to the dome. We thought golfers, you know, wanted to, to keep it going. And um, so we wanted, we wanted to get it open. As soon as the dome was completed uh, and, the, and, you know, the contractor was, was gone, 
then we had to clean, you know, we had to clean and install the turf that, you know, the turf went in pretty quick. Um, but we had to clean and that was a mess. I mean, every square inch of that place was outside for a couple months. Um, so it all had to be cleaned and holy macro, everybody, everybody chipped in, you know, we had every one of our golf pros and bar managers and everybody in there cleaning that place up. And as soon as we got it open, as soon as we got it ready, I think it was the day before or two days before. It was. Yep. Yeah. That's when the restrictions came down, um, to close indoor recreation. And it was, I mean, that, you know, after a year of just bad news and <laughs> bad news and bad news, um, that was the the last one we wanted to hear. Cherry um, on top. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but I tell you what, the Illinois PGA did a nice job, and, you know, Andy did a, a really nice job working with um, the Illinois PGA and reaching out to the governor's office. And um, on behalf of, you know, there are other golf domes in Chicago, right? right? So I, on behalf of all the indoor facility uh, golf facilities in Chicago, um, they appealed to the governor's office, and um, the governor officially – uh, allowed golf domes to, to open that it was fan. That's great. Great for golf. Great for obviously great for us, but great for golfers and, and Chicago and everything. So, so yeah, we've been able to operate, um, at 25% capacity, which is, is fine. Um, it's absolutely fine. Um, you know, Andy mentioned the, the air circulation is, is about as safe as you can be for an indoor space, constant yeah. um, exchange of air. And then, you know, we did install some dividers downstairs to, to separate the bays a little bit more and, um, and we, I mean, we, we, we respect the, the guidelines and we respect the, the situation in the world and we want people to feel safe and comfortable and, you know, and, and, and happy. That's exactly what we want. And another thing too, is our pros are able to teach. They're able to have lessons, which is important for them to kind of keep a normal schedule as well, but also get more golfers and some of that young excitement we've seen in golf in general, maybe some of those newer golfers in. Yeah. And that's, that's starting to normalize. We've got one-on-one lessons. Uh, we're seeing, kind of those those books fill in uh, as uh, as we've gone on the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's exciting. I, th- I think people are starting to, again, feel comfortable with the environment, new environment, and also the excitement of just having a new dome. So um, we're, we're looking to have this momentum just to keep going and going and going. And obviously, as the uh, weather kind of goes downhill around here, that's to a benefit uh, being in the dome space. So uh, we'll see over the next few weeks kind of what, what happens. And I only – Expect the excitement to build. So I know people, when they talk about, there's the golf dome over there off of 53. They say the old Ditka dome, the Ditka dome. We all know to coach. I get it. But what we did this time around was we put a nice big logo, Mistwood Golf Dome on the side. What was the decision-making process like? Jim, this was actually Jim McGuethy. He wanted that logo. Um, it, well, he wanted the logo... He didn't really like the price of the logo. <laughs> yeah. There was a conversation. That's right. Once we saw the price, there was a conversation of if we could just get a big banner. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> he actually thought about that. Which you have seen on domes. They have you, just right, a banner right. connected. But this was, um, I mean, the, the company that did this, I mean, there there are only so many dome companies, and, and they do all the big domes for you know any sports team. I, I think one of the example they showed us in terms of logos uh, was Tennessee Titans, I think, stadium. So, you know, whenever you look at, you know, the Tennessee Titans logo on a dome, and then you look at the Mistwood, Mistwood Golf Dome logo. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, we, we've made it. I feel like we've made it now as a dome, right, in Chicago. We have our, our logo on there. I don't know. I think we'll always be the Dicka Dome to some of the old-timers around here and old-time golfers around here, but I don't know. We have a logo on the dome now. I think that's okay, though, because then when they walk in, they're actually pleasantly surprised it's not the Dicka Dome anymore. <laughs> it's not the Dicka Dome. <laughs> So no. it could be to our benefit. No, nobody's dancing on the bar anymore. <laughs> no indoor dining. Right no now. indoor dining, no, no indoor dancing. Yeah. Right. But it 
does look really nice, and it is prominently on the side. We made the joke that they better not install it backwards because it'd just be facing the hill. That was actually one of my yeah, concerns. Of worries. <laughs> when we, <laughs> when which we, side is it on? Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> the first thing they did, was, in order to, to put the dome up, they actually lay it out. So they, they stretch the whole thing out flat on the ground and then blow it up like a balloon. And I remember going out there and watching them lay this unroll. They were unrolling it. And honestly, the reason I went out to see it was just to make sure that the logo was going to be facing the road instead of facing the back. <laughs> I thought there was a real chance that might happen. So the Missoula Golf Dome, though, is open from 7 to 10 on the weekends and 8 to 10 on weekdays. It's been good to talk with you, Dan, and to have you here offer some insight into the process because I know, like you said, it's been a couple years coming, and it was nice to see it finished up. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back after this message. There was no blueprint for 2020. At Mistwood Golf Dome, we didn't want to wait for change, so we created it from the ground up. A brand new experience to take your game to the next level with Top Tracer technology. 30 hitting bays. You're next up on the tee. Book your reservation at mistwoodgolfdome.com. We are really excited for our next guest, Chip Brewer, President and CEO of Callaway Golf. Thank you for jumping on the phone with us. Well, thank you. Good to be with you. First off, did you watch any of the match? I did. I uh, I watched the entire thing, recorded it, uh, and uh, then uh, watched it from uh, start to finish, which uh, I thought it was pretty entertaining. And I know Phil Mickelson, Steph Curry have been awesome for the Callaway brand. There's some behind-the-scenes videos of Steph at Callaway headquarters recently. How much fun are those relationships? They're a lot of fun. I've gotten to know Phil uh, personally over, you know, last eight years, and he's a hoot, as you could imagine. Uh, uh, he was crowing after the match. He's uh, obviously still a competitive guy, so uh, he liked the outcome. And uh, got to meet Steph over the last couple years, and uh, – uh, you know, a high-quality guy, a little bit more understated than Phil, but, uh, um, you know, also just a, a fantastic guy to be around. One of the cool things they had uh, talked about during the match was the connection with Steph and Howard University and Kelly's connection um, just just in general. Kind of talk about that and how, uh, how that whole program got started. Yeah, you know, we've had a long relationship with Steph. Uh, you know, he's such a keen golfer and he's been a big fan of the brand for you know several years now so nothing official but he just you know loves Callaway uh loves golf um you know got hooked into some of the uh, team in our marketing group and um you know prior to having any other formal relationship we heard about his uh, Eat, Learn, Play organization and, and how important that was to uh, him and his family. And then, um, you know, his desire to give back and specifically at Howard University. And when we heard about that, um, you know, we immediately wanted to be part of it. Uh, you know, this was way before the events of this last summer, uh, that whole Black Lives Matter movement, which is obviously important. And, uh, you know, we're supportive of as well. But, um, you know, this initiative to be a partner with uh, Steph and bring back golf to Howard University 
you know, started uh, a couple years ago. Uh, I traveled down there with Seth uh, when we launched the program, uh, which was an awesome experience. Uh, a little intimidating because we play golf in front of cameras, and that is not my specialty. And that, as you may have noticed, it wasn't Steph either because he's a lot better player than uh, he showed during the match. Uh, but uh, um, just a terrific thing to be part of. And now with so many other people jumping on board and helping out the uh, historically black colleges and universities to uh, really prosper, but also to uh, bring more diversity to golf. It's, it's just a wonderful initiative and something I'm really proud of, Callaway being part of. Steph seems like the perfect person for that. He's so soft-spoken, but he has such a wide reach. That has to help out kind of hugely mm-hmm. as far as uh, getting the Callaway brand out there, but doing more for people. I think you being in the trenches there, helping people and creating these relationships, that's really special beyond golf. It really feels great, to be honest with you. It's just the right thing to do, and, uh, you know, it'll strengthen the game, but it, it, it makes the world a better place, too, and we can be a small part of that is, is a thrill. The real credit goes to Steph. I mean, he's the one who stepped up and uh, uh, started the whole thing. You know, the story is one of the kids from uh, uh, Howard reached out to him and said, you know, hey, in the avid golfer, fan of yours, you know, we don't have a golf program, and uh, Steph then stepped up and pledged millions to the program, and we we jumped in on the equipment side. So we're very secondary to what Steph is doing and what Steph's doing across so many areas, but it is really a treat to be a small part of it, and we hope to do a little bit more. as We will do more going forward on these types of initiatives. They're just uh, – uh, really important for the game, but really important for the world as well. That is fantastic. So what has it been like this year leading a top golf company through no COVID? Intended, right? Yeah, and the pandemic. We'll get to that <laughs> as well. You know, the whole leading the company this this year has been the most crazy, screwed up year that uh, from a business perspective that we've ever seen, right? I mean, we start the year onward and upward uh you know we're global so by february we're hearing about a pandemic in asia it's starting to get a little bit into europe you know that's interesting but we don't really fully appreciate it all yet might have a small impact uh by end of march you know we're shutting down uh by beginning april analysts are asking us you know, how long can you survive with zero revenue? And I'm going, holy uh, <laughs> snikes, you know, I, zero revenue? I have no idea how long we can survive with zero revenue. <laughs> I never ran that number. Um, and, you know, we're in a near-death experience uh, working through that. Um, obviously, we worked through that. You know, at Callaway side, we had to do some hard cost-cutting, big efforts because we don't know where the bottom is. Um, Top Golf is shut down completely. Uh, we're, they were planning to go public. That, that falls apart. Uh, and, you know, we had to, you know, really work hard to make sure that we were going to be able to survive that. 
you know, fast forward three, four, five months, opens back up, and golf is hotter than ever. Uh, more people are playing. Participation rates are through the roof. Uh, you know, demand for equipment uh, just at levels that we've never seen before. And we had no visibility that that was coming. But from uh, from famine to feast, I guess. Uh, and so uh, just a crazy business year. Um, I told the team that we were going to get through this and come through it in a way that made us stronger as a result. And, um, uh, you know, proud that we're able to do that. And, uh, you know, we're just very fortunate at the end of the day because golf has been so favored, as you well know, Andy, mm-hmm. uh, during this, uh, this period, right. There's, there's just more people playing and participation and, uh, you know, probably a lot of positives for the game of golf that, yeah, I was just going to hop in and say that it feels like it feels like we're probably kind of at the start of a, a little golf renaissance because just of the people that we were entertaining, we were um, you know seeing people that you know really got out of the game for a while. They didn't have time for it. Well, you know, being able to work from home and uh, you know, unfortunately, lack mm-hmm. of lack of activities outside of uh, the game, they were able to come back in the game. Um, you know, for us, for instance, we had traditionally one PGA Junior League team, and this year we had three. So. We're getting all That's the right. Awesome. We're getting all the right elements uh, entering back into the game. So, um, speaking of that, on on those terms, um, what's the what was the interest in, in Top Golf? Why why Top Golf? Why, <laughs> why why at this time? Well, you know the uh, the direct answer is because we could at this time. So we've okay. been, as you know, Andy, involved with Top Golf for uh, you know a long time. So Callaway's been an investor in Top Golf since two thousand. Mm-hmm. And I've only been with the company since 2012. Uh, but uh, in the time I've been with the company, we've greatly increased our investment and involvement with the uh, Top Golf company. We were uh, a minority shareholder, but owned about 14% of the company. I've been on the board of Top Golf since 2012. So, uh, uh, intimately familiar with their business from an insider perspective. And Top Golf is, you know, one of the great entertainment uh, ideas that have really entered uh, the world over the last decade and is uh, also one of the best things that's ever happened to golf because it's going to be able to introduce so many people to golf. Uh, it's more than just, uh, uh, the venues, which are the, the lion's share of the business, though, as you know, because the Top Tracer business that is such a awesome uh, value-added opportunity for uh, driving ranges, such as the one that uh, you're involved with there. Right. And, uh, um, you know, we've always had the goal of partnering with them, um, but it was never really financially feasible. Um, and the unique circumstances of this time kind of created that opportunity and uh, thrilled that we were able to take advantage of it and uh, make a mutually beneficial deal um, with uh, the proposed merger, which is uh, both boards have approved and it should close in early sometime in Q1. We're, uh, we're awfully excited about it. That's awesome. So where, where do you see like the bridge of the, 
Callaway customer and the Top Golf customer? Well, the the you know it looks you got to look at their various aspects of their business. So they're, they're, let's look at just the venues, right? They have uh, fifty eight venues in the U.S. and these venues are uh, spread out, but they're still regional. Um, they are uh, going to add roughly ten per year to that going forward. Uh, we're in a position to be able to finance those. There's about 23 million visitors to the venues per year. Uh, half of those are golfers and half are not. Uh, so obviously the overlap with the golfer side is perfect for us. And the other half that are non-golfers that go there are likely are the most likely prospects to start playing golf. Because after you go to visit a venue, you um, immediately you know, have an opportunity to hit a, a ball with a club, get the fun experience associated with that. And something like 75% of those that have visited a venue but don't identify as golfers say they have a high interest in playing golf because of visiting the venues. So uh, a great access to the new entrance to the game as well. And then on the top tracer side, you know, that's really digitizing and, and gamifying, you know, driving ranges. It's the modern driving range. It's what driving ranges will be uh, in the future in a few pressure ones like the one you're involved with, Andy, are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's uh, the overlap there is, is obviously perfect because it's the people that go to driving ranges shockingly are golfers. That's a really cool stat that you threw out there. About seventy-five percent, you feel like show an interest right after um, visiting Top Golf for the first time. So that, I mean, that in itself is is a very powerful bridge and, and speaks to the rest of the golf industry. Like, Top, hey, hey, take take. Top uh, Golf is going to be the biggest growth initiative for yeah. the game of golf that has existed since Caddies, right? And huh. uh, that's now cool. the industry was tiny when Caddies were the primary avenue to get into it. It's grown well beyond that. Caddies are not common anymore, but everybody can go to a, a top golf venue. There are tons of fun. They're exciting for millennials and younger. Um, you don't have to identify as a golfer, uh, but you get that initial experience in a non-threatening, total fun manner, and then you you know, a significant portion of them are going to take it to, uh, you know, driving ranges next and then to, uh, you know, golf courses. Um, golf just needs to grow into that. They're, they only have 58 venues. As they continue to grow, it's going to be a big boom for golf. Yeah, Chip, it's well known on the program here that I'm a very average golfer. <laughs> you know, I like the Callaway caters to all levels. Now, every company probably needs to do that, but how important is that for you in the R&D process to try to make sure personalizations to each golfer's game is possible? It's critical, right? So, first of all, we do appeal to golfers of all abilities. So, we're, you know, we, we want to appeal to Andy and his competitive instincts and, you know, top players in the world, but we're also, you know, a brand that, Andy's going to feel really comfortable giving to, you know, a, 
entry-level golfer because we're our products are easy to hit. So that's part of our DNA, and it is, you know, I think an important area for the, you know, growth and success of our brand, particularly as you start to relate it with, uh, you know, some of these new assets that'll be part of the brand family and Top Golf, etc. And the future of how we'll engage with consumers is all about personalization. I mean, fitting's been around for a while. It's very critical for a better player to have their club specifically fit for. Uh, but being able to engage with a consumer to the degree they want to engage with you on a one-on-one basis, uh, tailored to their specific needs, etc. Uh, you know, that's the future of so many uh customer journeys and relationships, but it'll especially be so about. Absolutely. And we've talked about some of the trends, things we've seen this year. Obviously there's uncertainties going forward, but what are you excited about for 2021 in Callaway? Well, I'm excited as you always expect from me this time of year, our new product is, uh, <laughs> we got some new stuff coming. I've already got it. Andy's already hit a few of it. Can't tell you too much about it yet. Other than it's freaking awesome. And uh, so uh, stay tuned on that front in early January. You'll get uh, uh, more information on that. And then, uh, you know, the direction of the game right now is is so strong. We've got, you know, all this COVID to still deal with, but we've got a an industry that's, uh, you know, in a very strong position right now. Interest in the game of golf has never been higher. And uh, the the merger with Top Golf and Top Tracer, which uh, you know we're obviously thrilled. We're very very fortunate I'm in a great great position right now in a business that we love and uh, a business that is uh, in a in a nice spot in the world. Yeah, I'm really bad at keeping secrets, but uh, yeah, the stuff for 2021 is really really <laughs> solid. <laughs> I think it's yeah. I think it's the best across the line, honestly, and. You know, we say that every single year, but it's it's getting better and better um, across the line. Yeah. I think there's a I, lot more options out there as well um, that are really going to be leaders in the industry. I agree. I, we're leveraging some new, you know, that <laughs> new AI technology, and how we're able to keep learning from that and uh, depth and breadth of what we're bringing next year. And you're exactly right. It's uh, uh, it's always supposed to get better, but uh, it, it is indeed doing that. So thrilled with Doc and the team and how that's all working. And appreciate all your input on it. Chip Brewer, President and CEO of Callaway Golf, thank you for the time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I feel like we get some pretty cool guests on the show, Andy, but talking to someone like Chip who leads this ginormous golf company, if you will, and through a year like 2020, that's just something – I feel fortunate to have those conversations. Yeah, to get him on, I again, I feel very fortunate, and uh, he, he is like the titan in the in the golf industry right now. One of the most influential people, uh, literally in all of golf. So to get his perspective, to hear some of the fun things that they're doing uh, from the Callaway brand, from the Top Golf brand, I, what I, I I found most interesting about honestly the whole conversation was how they view the long term in, in how top golf and golf, basically generally golf, uh, tie in together. And, and that's exciting for 
somebody on my side of the business to hear that they're focused on the conversion of top golfers into golfers on, on a golf course. So, um, like he said, I, I don't think there's been a better ex- better expansion program of golf than than Top Golf in probably the last fifty years. And I know we've been fortunate as well to talk to him at the golf show every year, and we usually run into him and talk to the Callaway reps. And I think for me, over the last just two years that I've been with the company here, uh, is just the consistency of the the brand and the marketing and the long term that you talk about. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean. Companies across the board are, are great to us, but specifically the the thing that, that I think sets them apart from a, um, especially from an executive level, is they always have time for you. They always will, you know, shoot a video with you. They'll always, um, you know, get your insight. They, they make you feel like part of the process, and that's that's what makes them special. That's what makes them different, and that's what makes them the best. Can't agree more. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Another fun episode. We'll try to get this thing kicked up a couple notches in 2021. Uh, It was a really busy year. No excuse to not get behind the microphone, but we appreciate you guys listening so much. Andy, another fun episode. Thanks for joining me as well. Always good to get back in the chair, buddy. And we will see all of you next time. Get in the cart. Right at us. The best in the business, Roger Cleveland. Can't wait to get back to Chicago in this one. This is Party of Four a Mistwood Golf Club podcast.